Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five-star review. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. We have another Thursday night, Friday morning Red Sox show coming at you. Got the full Red Sox crew. My name is Pat. I'm here with Luke and Derek and Joey. And we're going to talk uh, everything that's happened since the last time we talked last Thursday, the Angel series, the Twin series, and all of the things that happened within First, uh, we're going to do a first pitch. I'm going to check in with this guy, see how they're doing before we jump into the full conversation. I heard Joey's mad at me, so I'm going to have him go last. So, Luke, I'll start with you. Uh, give me your first pitch. Joey's not going to end up speaking the whole time. It's just going to be muted the whole time. <laughs> um, I'm doing good. I'm kind of conflicted. I, I, um, I went to my neighbor's uh, son's Little League game today uh I, we had said we were gonna go to it he went to my daughter him and his family went to my daughter's softball game last weekend so we were gonna go see his uh son his son's left-handed he's a pitcher he's really good um and so we went to to watch and then in the i think bottom of the second inning uh started a, a thunderstorm started so it wasn't quite raining yet but we saw lightning now i'm from massachusetts in massachusetts once you see lightning Everybody gets off the field and the kids, you know, the parents pack up their kids and they run off the field. But in Texas, it was, I, so I saw a lightning flash and I look around and nobody reacts to it and think, all right, it filled the whole sky. Am I somehow the only person who saw this lightning flash? And then there's another one and there's another one and nobody does anything. A couple people behind me murmur like, oh yeah, it might be getting a little closer. And I'm looking around thinking, you people, your children are on the field right now several of them are holding metal bats they're in dugouts that are made completely of metal they're on a field uh surrounded by a chain link fence and so the umpire now goes over checks his phone and says folks no need to worry uh the storm's still 16 miles away and so he just checked the weather channel or his doppler or something he said okay the lightning's still kind of far away so they keep playing. And then less than five minutes later, somebody runs over from the other field. It's a big compound with a bunch of fields and says, uh, Blue, we got to stop this game. Uh, the lightning's three miles away. So his Doppler was off or just way behind. And so everybody packs up their kids and go. So um, another big difference about, you know, last season, I, I was telling about the differences related to youth football as my daughter's a cheerleader. Well, with baseball, it's very hardo-ish in Texas too. Like they don't get off the field unless they absolutely have to. Uh, so it was just another thing. I've been here going on three years now, but 
you still learn something new uh, every, you know, every week or so uh, when you're moving from Massachusetts to the exact opposite part of the country. Is there like a lightning mileage? Like eh, if it's within five miles, we call the game or something? Yeah, it used, I grew up thinking you see lightning in the sky, you leave and you get inside. And uh, apparently it's, I mean, Texas is really flat. So maybe you can see lightning from 700 miles away and it's not, and they're used to it. And like, oh yeah, we're not, I think it's just more of a hardo thing. Like we're from Texas We're you know, we're men here. We got hair on our chest where we don't, we don't bow down to God and his silly lightning. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I will say in Florida. In Florida, I will say the rule is, I think, at least for where I played, it was uh, as soon as the lightning comes within eight miles, you have a thirty-minute delay, and at every single strike of lightning within eight miles, the thirty minutes restarts. Oh damn! So yeah, you take shelter in the in the dugout on the metal bench in the oh, dugout in the cars. <laughs> no, everyone has to go into cars. Everyone's you grab leave all the bats that you can, and then <laughs> yes. no, they, everyone leaves their stuff in the dugout, and everyone no, runs I out the car. We're giving you a hard time. Homer Simpson uh, shielded fun. himself with a giant piece of sheet metal and hid <laughs> under the highest tree he could find. Uh, Derek, you got well, anything going on? Yeah, I mean, I correctly predicted exactly which games the Red Sox would win against the Angels because they still have not lost on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And they still have yet to win on Monday. However, they did break the streak of not winning on Tuesday. They won on Tuesday against the Twins. So that was nice to see. They still haven't won on Wednesdays. Uh, but now they're 2-1 and one on Thursdays. So winning record on Thursdays now. Right. So we're, we're getting, getting in the right direction. We're, we're getting in the right direction, okay? Winning record on Thursday. We have... Uh, Pound that under on, on Tuesday, Sunday. folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, what's up two, with you? Yeah. Pat, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Did you or did you not buy those Red Sox tickets? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. And, of course, <laughs> you forgot. told me when you bought them, I you forgot. said, Joey, I'll tell you where I bought them so you can go get tickets and sit next to me. And, and I feel like you have not told me where you got the seats on purpose. I'm a, I'm a little upset. you know. Uh, well, the oh, truth is, Joey, I, I, I hear you. The truth is we're not going to sit in those seats. We're going to wait until people in the nice seats don't show up, and then we're going to go sit in those seats. This is just to get us through the door. I, you see, you say that, Pat. You say that, Pat, but I, I've looked at the at the ticket websites, and it seems like it's pretty sold out. I mean, it looks like people are actually going to Orioles games now, right? So I don't know if you're going to be able to move up like that. Uh, of course, Pat, I think, I think you're a liar. I think you're a deceiver. Uh, I think you're avoiding hanging out with me and my friends, and I, I'm quite hurt. I mean – Pat, what are you, a part-time lover? Come on, like, just hang out and watch a baseball game with me. I'll be there, Joey. Don't worry about it. I will be there. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife. So that's that that mentality, though, that shows that, shows that Pat didn't grow up in, going to Red Sox games because he doesn't live in that part of the country. In Fenway Park, ever since FSG took over, they got spotters um uh, at the top of the stadium looking for people that are trying to poach seats that are starting way up and then moving down i've been at least three different times i've tried that which 
everybody tries that, especially when they're a kid, uh, tries to get closer seats and they always find you. They always know, they spot you and they'll come down. Even if everybody in that section left, it's 18 to one and nobody cares anymore. They are not going to let you get closer. They are not going to let you get uh, seats uh, that are more expensive than the ones you paid for. You know, in Baltimore, you know, God bless you for being able to get away with that. Yeah, it's the rule not of, something I'm used to in my life. The rule of I thumb. I in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. The rule of thumb at Camden is um, politely ask the usher if you can sit in their section. And they will say, of course. And then they wipe the seat down for you. Oh, that's smart. Schmoozing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Schmoozing. And in Oakland, they'll let you sit in the dugout if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Might be better than half their roster, maybe. Who knows? All right, folks. Let's uh, let's start the show, shall we? Uh, lots of Red Sox stuff to talk about. We're going to try and wrap it up uh, all by playing a couple of games tonight. We're going to play a little contenders or pretenders. We're going to play a little culinary trash. We're going to do our favorite segments. Of course, ending tonight on the Actionary. Contenders or pretenders? I don't think we've played this one on any of the shows this season. So if you're new to Bleacher Brawls in the 2023 season, it's pretty simple, right? I'm going to list off a guy or a team or something. These folks, um, Joey, stop, <laughs> are going to tell me uh, if that guy is a contender, he's serious, he's legit, he's got the stuff, or if he's a pretender, uh, you know, his his good luck's going to run out soon, he's never going to be good again, blah, 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 you get the idea. We're going to start with, I think, the elephant in the room right now, Corey Kluber. He is an 8.50 ERA in his four starts, and in those four starts... I wrote down 16 innings. I think it's 18 innings pitched in his four starts. Uh, it's rough. Luke, I'm going to start with you. I know you've been um, a proponent of moving him to the bullpen. Is Corey Kluber a contender or a pretender? He's more of a pretender than anybody that was in that crappy music group from the 80s, the, the pretenders. He is pretend as it gets. He is not a contender whatsoever. Corey Kluber is a waste of space. Uh, he's 37 years old. I'm not trying to be ageist because, look, he's still younger than me. Uh, but, look, he was brought in to be a steady presence in the Red Sox rotation while uh, several people got healthy, while Garrett Whitlock got healthy, while Brian Bayo got healthy, while Chris Sale worked out his kinks and hopefully didn't get injured, but who knows if Chris sale got another injury, you know, Corey Kluber was supposed to be one of uh, him and Pavetta were supposed to be the guys that could go out there and fall goes according to plan, give you five or six innings, most starts and let your team compete. But he has done absolutely not. He's been the weakest link in the rotation sales back sales pitching. Now he's doing well. Bayo is back. He's still working on it. Whitlock's back. He's pitching well. And Kluber is the one guy that hasn't been able to get it done. So I'm all about, um, you know, bringing in a new player, letting them work their, work their stuff out, getting them acclimated to playing in a new area, especially getting adjusted to playing in Boston. This is the one, ex one example of when I'm not going to be patient with you. When you're a seasoned veteran, you've been in the league a whole lot of years, you're 37 years old, you got injury issues. You, If you're Corey Kluber in this year, you need to be good in April and May. While every all the other, you know, the regular starters that we're depending on, that Red Sox fans are buying tickets to see, give them a chance to win every fifth day at in your time out. So that 
they can steady the ship while the other starting pitchers get healthy. He's been the exact opposite. He's been by far the weakest link in the rotation. And he's just like, that's all you have to do is just be decent right now. You know, in April and May, you do well, and then you blow your arm out in June. That's okay. You did what you were brought on the team to do with your one-year, $10 million contract. He was asked to do one thing, and he that's the exactly what he has not been able to do. It's like, you know, you bring your car to the mechanic. Like, you're not asking him – if you're bringing your car to Corey Kluber in this uh, analogy, you know, you're not asking him to fix the whole car. You're asking him to, you know, f- replace the windshield fix the auto glass, Corey. And instead, instead, it's like, you know, it's like you brought the car in and Corey Kluber, you know, takes out the old broken glass. He puts in the new auto glass. And then when you show up to pick, pick your car up, he slams his face into the, into the windshield and spider webs it. You got to drive your car home with your head sticking out the driver's, the driver's door, like your Ace Ventura or something. It's, he did absolutely the opposite of what he was supposed to do the only thing he was supposed to do pitch good for about eight weeks that was all we wanted him to do and he didn't do it he was awful last night is uh when yeah last night was the last straw for me no did not give them any chance to compete seven runs in three innings he pitched five but they never had a chance and they've really never had a chance any game he's been in except the tampa game which they lost anyway uh derek Corey Kluber, is he a contender or a pretender? Can I be undecided on this one? Because I don't think he's necessarily I he's not gonna be this bad all year. No, at least I 100 percent believe that. But like, let's be honest, he's not gonna be anything like crazy. He's gonna be a guy go hopefully five, six innings, give up maybe two runs, maybe three. Um, hopefully keep you in the game. Hasn't done that so far this year. Um, like exactly a four a four fifty ERA. Six innings, give up three runs, has a quality start. That's essentially what you're asking to do. He hasn't done that yet, but I still believe he can do that. So I'm kind of in the middle. Like, as if we're just basing this off his performances this season so far, it's a pretender, but I think he can still turn it around. Joey? I think he's a contender still. Uh, it looks like to me that he's just having a bad April up. Uh... I don't see anything like terribly wrong with his mechanics or like a massive loss of velocity or anything. It just seems like he's having a bad April. And this is what Chris Sale has been doing, you know, since 2021, right? I mean, Chris Sale, um, if you remember when he was injured last year, when he broke his hand or broke his finger, he was in the middle of getting blown up by the Yankees. You know, that's what he was in the middle of doing. So I think you have to build some leeway in for these types of guys. Uh, You know, he, he has pretty much a pedigree of being like at the very least a mediocre pitcher. Um, I think he evens out after a while and is a serviceable guy. I don't think, I don't think he's going to pitch himself out of the rotation by, you know, the all-star break. I still, I, I think he'll recover and become a more balanced uh, average pitcher. Do I expect him to be what some people thought he was going to be this year, which is like an unexpected number two? No, probably not. But I think he's perfectly capable of putting together a fine season still. So the, the thing is, the issue I have with it is like, he's not, he wasn't brought in to be one of the, the main guys here. He was just brought in, like I said, just steady, just steady the ship, help us write the ship while the real starting pitchers that we expect to be on this team this year and in the future 
while they get their act together. So that's the only reason I wasn't willing to give him any leeway. It's like, you are here for now and May, and then, you know, fall down a flight of stairs for all I care. I, you're useless to me after that because we have five other pitchers. Yeah, Luke, you know? know. He's dead weight. Why, why do you think he's going to even out at the end of the year? And that he's, the, he's the one guy that's going to go, like, is, you know, if, if we have the starting rotation that we want to have, he's the dead weight. He's the guy that goes into the bullpen. Luke, I don't know if I no, just. I, th- I think he gets DFA'd before he goes to the bullpen or traded before he goes to the pen. That's probably Derek's probably actually right. Derek, Derek, right for once. I agree with Derek. Um, <laughs> That's not rare. It, it, it's not common either. Um, <laughs> Kluber being brought in, I, I disagree, Luke. Kluber, in my view, was brought in to be a, a solid number two, number three guy to go behind Sale, the guy that can make all of his, you know, make thirty starts, twenty five starts this season. That's. That's what I saw Kluber being. He had a good season last year, had an up season last year, um, and that's why he was paid that sort of amount of money. He's certainly, you know, he's no Garrett Richards, right? He he is Corey Kluber. I mean, he he has a name. He has, you know, he has he has a propensity to be skilled sometimes. So, I disagree that the plan has been always to like get two good months out of him and then leave him, then kick him out for uh, all of these great guys we have in our, or we will have in our rotation. I think Kluber was brought in as a bulwark, as a cornerstone of the rotation to put there, know that he can, you know, he's going to perform, he's going to be able to start, you know, he might not be great, but he's not going to be awful. And he's going to give you five or six innings every, every week. Um, Especially while there was so many question marks and there still are question marks uh, with Whitlock, Hauk, Bayo. I mean, Bayo, remember, and Bayo still hasn't really made a start yet. Like Bayo's coming in from last year, you know, he was only up for September and August you know, you don't know if he's going to come back and be able to perform. And that's why Kluber's here. Uh, so I, I don't believe that the plan was to get rid of him in June. But I still think, yeah, I think he's totally capable of evening out. Because um, if you look at his career, even in his worst seasons, he's a number four or five pitcher, right? And I think if that's what he ends up being, you know, at least we can get those innings out of his arms and and hopefully be able to stay competitive. Uh, I wasn't crazy about him facing Tampa last week because I don't know, he pitched for them last year and they know pitching really well. And I kind of knew he was going to get beat up on. I'm not super crazy about him getting beat up on the twins, but they, you know, they got a decent offense with some pop. Like I'm, I'm not going to hate it. He goes out there. He gets shellacked by the Cincinnati reds. I'm going to have more of a problem, but right now, like a number five, I- I'm going to take him. Uh, Joey, I'm going to turn this right back around on you because you mentioned Chris Sale uh, the other day. Uh, let me pull this up. Six innings, one run, 11 Ks, a ton of points for my fantasy team. Uh, is Chris Sale back? Is he a contender or is he a pretender? Chris Sale is back. Yeah, I think it took him a long time to be adjusted You know, from not, from not playing basically for three years and adjusted to the new rules of the league. But it looks like to me, I mean, his strikeout numbers are incredible. His stuff has been there all year. I, I, I mean, I, I know Derek will agree with me on this. His stuff has been there. His slider has been working. His fastball has been fast. You know, he has velocity. It's just, it was his location that was the issue. And now that he's figured that out, he has a feel for the ball and he's pitching well. And I, I expect that to continue. Chris Sale, you know, people were ready to condemn him and execute him. Maybe, maybe even I was at some point, but it just seems like it took him a long time to get back to where he was. You have to, you have to understand this guy basically hasn't worked in four years, you know, hasn't worked since 2019. 
you know, that's really difficult to be able to come back from and still perform. And it's taken him a long time, but hopefully he's there for the long haul now. And we can all appreciate these wonderful strikeout numbers. I did not know. I figured Sale would come back and be good. I did not know he'd be putting up the same amount of strikeout numbers that he used to. It's really, really impressive to see that someone of his age and after so much struggle is able to put up those strikeout numbers. He's at 15 strikeouts per nine right now. And his career average is 11.1, which is a career record. At the same time, Derek, uh, he's got an 8.0 ERA and we saw one good game. Is he a contender or is he a pretender? I think he's a contender. I think the big problem is just kind of command stuff. And that's like, a, that's a normal thing when you're coming off Tommy John. I know sales technically came off Tommy John last year, but he pitched and he only appeared in two games and got injured again. So he really hasn't pitched in a stretch of games really since 2019. It, that's a long time to go without pitching in a stretch on a decent stretch of games. So he's got to find the command. The good thing, the whiff rate's still there. I think it's the 88th percentile whiff rate. Um, chase rates down from his prime, but if he can still get swing and misses, I think that's big. The only thing is he's been missing either out of the zone or over the plate. And when you miss over the plate, guys barrel you up and they hit the ball hard. Um, so that's really been his problem so far this year, but can start kind of hitting his spot a little bit better than, uh, I think that'll kind of fall back into place and he'll have some good starts. Might not be prime Chris Sale, but he's still a very good starting pitcher. One thing about Chris Sale, if if, if we're ever at a baseball game and people see lightning coming from 15 miles away, please remove Chris Sale from that field because if anyone <laughs> is liable to be struck by lightning, it's that poor guy. <laughs> He'll be uh, in a car with rubber tires and the lightning will still <laughs> go directly through his windshield and hit him in the chest. Luke, uh, Chris Sale, four months older than uh, the recently DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> Is Sale a contender or pretender? He's a contender. And once I saw that, that back foot slider stop hitting feet and knees on right-handed hitters and more, you know, just going, just darting just a little bit out of the strike zone. I, I started getting excited and it was, it didn't, it didn't happen until that twins game. He wasn't getting beat up on 11 strikeouts, um, you know, hitting 95, 96, you pray to God, his shoulder and his elbow hold out, but it's, this is what we've been waiting for. And this is what he's been waiting for this one start. Cause I think the issue with this command, I think a lot of it was nerves. Do I have, do I still have it? Can I do this anymore? even close to how I used to do it. Now he saw that he could do it, not by shutting down the Reds, not by shutting down the Tigers, but by shutting down a, a good team, a team with a good offense. The Twins are a good team. They were 10 and four shortly before getting into Boston. And uh, it's it's really exciting. Six innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, two walks, one hit batter, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Keep those guys a little scared of you. And 11 strikeouts. That is money, and that is exactly what we're looking for from him. Um, one have one problem I have. So it's look, he can build off this and get his confidence back, and that's what he needed. You can build off of that confidence building game uh, that he just had. A problem I have, though, I have a big problem with the Fenway crowd right now. That game, that game last night. So Sale is dealing. 
five and five innings, five and two third innings, shutting them down. What we've been waiting to see for three years, shutting down a quality team. He gets two outs in the sixth, three, two pitch, not a soul, not a soul in the park is standing. I barely hear anybody clapping. No big deal. He strikes the guy. He strikes the guy out. I forget who the last hitter was. He strikes him out. And you know, there's a smattering of applause. I'm sure he got a standing ovation on his way out, on his way off the mound. But that this park is not, this crowd is not going to intimidate anybody. Is not going to intimidate other other crowds. Now, maybe they just don't buy into the team. You know, a lot of people don't like uh, the philosophy Heim Bloom's putting out there. But they need to shape up because Fenway Park needs to be a huge home field advantage. You know, on the Verdugo walk-off hit last night, you know, nobody was, I mean, look, it was a fly ball down the right field line. It was heading towards pesky pole. Nobody's cheering. Nobody's excited. It's just all quiet. It's all a lull. Everyone just assumes it's going foul or people don't care. O'Brien and Merloni were confused too. O'Brien's just like, oh, fly ball down the right field line is going to turn, it's going to curve foul. Oh no, it's fair. And the Red Sox win. It's like, they need to shape up. You know, who's better than Red Sox crowds right now? Yankee crowds are always better than that. Yankee crowds are always loud. Yankee crowds are always looking to intimidate the opposition. They know what they do. And the Red Sox fans are too reactionary lately. On um, the past few years, really, I've noticed it. They're too reactionary. They're not trying to help influence the game at all. They're just reacting to things, and the reactions aren't good enough. Eric, uh, speaking of Verdugo's uh, walk-off, I think that's a great transition. Uh, right now, he's our leadoff hitter. 329, 402, 438. Uh, he led off the game with the homer today, obviously walked it off last night. Um, he's felt like he's had a lot to prove after Cora's comments at the end of last year. Is he doing that? Is he a contender or is he a pretender? This is the easiest answer ever. Uh, he's a contender. Um, I am might be the most happy Red Sox fan today. Um I'm so happy Verdugo's doing well. Um, and there's been, you know, an increase in quality in contact. But I think the big thing for Verdugo has been is at the quality of his at-bats has really jumped up. He's been working counts a little bit more, too. Now, he's still not afraid. First pitch is right down the middle. He'll still jump at it and attack it. Um, but, and, and this, this just Alex Verdugo, the baseball player, not just at the plate, the overall baseball player, looks uh, looks a heck of a lot better this year than he did last year. And he's already already a guy who doesn't strike out a lot. He's 95th percentile in K rate. His walk rate, though, this year has jumped up to 58th percentile. He was 27th percentile, I think, in walk rate last year. Walking a heck of a lot more. You want, you want that out of leadoff hitter. You need that out of leadoff hitter. Get on base more. His whiff rate is 96th percentile. He's not swinging and missing so far this year, although didn't swing and miss much last year. Um, but his chase rate, too, really good this year. Similar last year, but it still took a jump. Uh, but the big thing that takes up is expected batting average is 96th percentile. Um, and his expected weighted on base is 81st percentile. That's a massive jump. I think it was 68th percentile last year. Um, and then the other thing is sprint speeds, 56th percentile up from like the twenties, uh, which is massive. His outs above average, he's 94th percentile and outs above average. So he's been elite defensively so far this year. Last year, he was 13th percentile. That's an outrageous jump. Although it, yes, very small sample size, but still, this year, his outfielder jump, he's 75th percentile. That is a massive jump from last year where he was 43rd percentile. And he has a very strong arm. Last year, 75th in uh, 
or 75th percentile arm strength. They don't have that yet for this year because there hasn't been enough of a sample size. Um, but we know he's a guy now this year, he can cover ground in the outfield. He can play good defense. He's getting good jumps on the ball, good reads on the walls, and he's got a good arm. He's proving that he can play right field every single day. He being the leadoff hitter, the Red Sox haven't had it in a long time uh, since Mookie Betts left. Ironic that Verdugo was a part of the Mookie Betts trade. Now we're going to call it the Alex Verdugo trade now. Cause I said that. Um, <laughs> so it's just, he's just been everything the Red Sox have needed and more. And for a guy who wants an extension in Boston, he's making his case to get a long-term extension. I said this offseason seven years, hundred million. I would give it to him. My case for that extension has only just, keep on bumping up and the price might even start jumping up too. Joey. Wow. You know, if you guys ever have trouble sleeping, I'm just going to plug a tape, tape in a Derek at night. <laughs> Why I'm the numbers flying across the room there. We're, 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 we're sending me. Um, I've always liked Verdugo. Uh, as you guys might've heard me say before on the show, I've always said, I thought Verdugo was capable of being a 300 hitter. And I still believe that. And I think uh, he might be on the way to hit his ceiling this year. Uh, last year was certainly a down year for him, but I think that was more about luck and some mechanical issues and the fact that the team was terrible and everyone was depressed. And I think now, I mean, you could see him having a career season. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I'm excited about Verdugo. He's definitely a contender. He's definitely uh, for me, like uh, I think pretty much a true number one leadoff hitter. Uh, he certainly uh Totally possible that guy. I mean, I can see him winning a batting title one day. He he is a uh, he he's gonna hit for a high average. He's he's hitting for power. Uh, just hopefully, he keeps himself healthy. He plays a good right field. I think he's a solid piece for this team. Who I see playing for us for a very long time. I think he's gonna be one of those guys who plays for the Red Sox for ten or fifteen years. You know, I I truly believe that. Fifteen years. <laughs> That's a long hey, time. And my MLB The Show franchise, he did play 15 years for the Red Sox. Okay. Wow. See, right. Derek's MLB The Show franchise. See, <laughs> no, you didn't know, Pat. I also Luke. signed him to a 12-year extension. <laughs> so that's why. Luke, go ahead. So he'd be going to my age. My age would be his last year if he went 15 years from Great. now. Oh, how old are you? I'm 41. Well, I mean, he's been playing for us since 2020. So how old was he then? He's already 23, got three years under the Joey. Book. He only needs four more years. So yeah, so he'd be thirty-eight. Oh, so fifteen years from the from the beginning of his career here. Okay, yes, I see what you're saying. Okay, um, he's really thirty percent faster this year. I told you I wasn't yeah, taking that slow percentile ranking has jumped up. Taking it, yeah. It's a small sample size, though. I mean, you have to understand. Like it is, but I'm sure, guys start trotting a lot there. slower by August and September than they are in April. You know. He's I'm, also played more games than anybody else in the league this year. But go ahead, Luke. I, I still – that's right. He's played every game, hasn't he? Um, I, I still got to stick with Pretender uh, for Verdugo. I love, love what I've been seeing from him this year. It's, what, uh, 20 games in, and he's been, the, he's been the steadiest force in the lineup. You know, he hasn't had a few – Devers has had, a, a you know, three, four games at least, you know, in, at a stretch – here and there where he's just kind of not done much for Dugo's been there all game. I, I assume, I think he's reached base every single game. Uh, he's almost got a hit in every single game. It's, it's really incredible what I've seen. This is what we've been hoping to see him. And like what Joey and Derek was just saying, nobody was saying about him last year. He was a liability in the field. You know, he, he, he looked fast, but he was, he was slow and nobody really understood why. 
Only thing is I haven't, I have to see it for a whole season. He got off to a great start in 2021 and had a bad second half. He got off to an awful start last year, had a great second half, probably like, you know, maybe a little more than the second half. He did like probably like mid June till September. He did really well. So I've, I've seen this from him before in, you know, significant stretches of time, but I haven't seen it for a whole season. I think he keeps up this approach, you know, this discipline approach, you know, taking, taking the ball to left field when he has those outside pitches in the zone. I think that he can be a 300 hitter. I think he may be a 20 home run hitter. I got to see him do one of those things though. Um, Either one. Uh, for me to think, okay, he's worthy of an extension, you know, five years, seven years, hundred million dollars, whatever Derek was saying. But I still, I can't, I still got to stick with pretender because I've seen him do really well uh, in short, not, you know, significant stretches before, but then over the course of the season, it just kind of evens out. But the one most impressive thing I've seen from Verdugo so far, he had a doogie. His first doogie of the season was in the first weekend against Baltimore he has ha- not had a single one since then I figured he'd have at least seven or eight by now didn't, didn't we do an over under on doogies yes yeah, I'm the only one I think who took the under 37 and a half <laughs> everyone took the over including me by far Derek not me again I didn't, Derek take, again. I didn't take the over I took the under on that Derek wins again um to answer your question Luke 20 games he's got on base in 19 of them wow um, all right, we're moving on because we're we're doing a 60-minute show tonight, boys. So everybody gets 30 seconds now for the final round of contender or pretender. Luke, 30 seconds. You get to pick a guy, any guy on the team, maybe not even on the team. I just said any guy. Pick a guy and tell me in 30 seconds your case for why he is a contender or a pretender. Derek, go. Uh I'm taking Jaron Duran. I'm saying he's a contender. I have faith in the Sharon Duran. I have faith in the Sharon Duran. I felt it since spring training. And I think the big message of Alex Gore telling him when he went to AAA is saying, hey, don't change your batting stance. Don't change your hands. Nothing. Keep it the same, regardless of how well you do or how bad you show, how much you struggle. Keep it the same. Don't change it. And it seems like it's working. Defensively, he looks a lot better in center field. Very small sample size. But even in Worcester, he looked better in defensively in center. And, I mean, it's he's only played four games in the big leagues. I think this year, but he's got four doubles. He's got an RBI in three straight games. He's going to get reps at center field just about every day. Red Sox are facing a lot of righties. I think there's a chance Jaron Duran gets the everyday center field spot against right-handed pitchers, at least until Adam Duvall comes back. I think that's not far-fetched. Um, and for him to step up and be a threat on the bases, which the Red Sox do not have on their team. They do not have a guy who can run regardless of the situation. Jaron Duran can be that guy. He's proven it in the minor leagues. He can be that guy. I think that'll be huge for Red Sox. I'm showing my faith in Jaron Duran. I'm going to say he's a contender. I heard somewhere that Alex Verdugo got a lot faster. So shouldn't he be that threat? (laughs) He's not that fast. Jaron Duran, you are a Washington national. Luke, uh, who's your guy? Who is it? Uh, I'm I'm taking Garrett Whitlock. Uh, That was music to my eyes Sunday, seeing him, you know, really uh have a great game against the angels uh against mike trout shohei otani hunter renfro anthony rendon those guys were one for 15 in that game whitlock went seven innings three hits one earned run two walks five strikeouts against a team with a whole bunch of guys who can mash the ball that is 
it's so encouraging to see. It's so exciting to see if he can have one game like that against an offense like that, then he can beat anybody. You know, it's a matter of him staying healthy and he's going to have hiccups this season. It's going to, he's trying to have his first, you know, more or less full season as a starting pitcher. I, I he's, I think he's a pretender, uh, a contender. I think this is what, you know, the Red Sox front office has been waiting to see from him. It's just one game. I know it's just one game, but he's a contender. And if him and Sale and Hauk are dealing like this, then they're, and their offense, you know, holds up like it has been, then, uh, you know, this is not going to be the wasted season that a lot of Red Sox fans were predicting coming in. Joey, who's your guy, and is he a contender or a pretender? I First, I just wanted to say how right Derek is about Duran. Uh, I wonder if it's viable to have a pinch runner in today's game in baseball to carry someone as a pinch runner, but I think in today's stealing environment, someone like Duran is invaluable as he's one of the fastest people in baseball. Um, but regardless, uh, my my contender, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go a little outside of the box, outside of the of the hitter's box, of course, because I'm going to go with Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire is my contender. This guy, this guy, you know, I love batting average. I know you guys hate batting average. I love batting average. Nobody here hates batting average. Derek hates batting Derek average. Derek does. I don't hate batting average. I just say that it depends on the hitter. Derek and likes expected batting average, but go ahead, Joe. <laughs> but Reese McGuire, man, ever since he's joined the Red Sox, I think he's hitting, hitting like a 330, 340 clip unbelievable so i'm a big reese mcguire guy i mean even if he goes out there and he you know if he plays catcher and hits like you know carney lansford I'm, I'm i'm fine like he he's he's hidden he doesn't have to hit for power if he just gets some singles and some doubles every once in a while i'm loving that man in 330 as a red Sox, no one gives him any credit he's sitting under the gun i mean i know he's had some problems with the stealing issues but i think that's more of the team problem than a reese mcguire problem and uh, yeah, I just don't think he gets enough credit. Unsung Reese McGuire playing excellent baseball for the Boston Red Sox. What catcher hits at a 330 clip? Unbelievable. And he's like the best pinch hitter in Major League Baseball, like for the last couple, like since he got to Boston. Every time he comes up, he's like 11 for 12 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what was that? The fake Grand Slam, right? Was that, was, was he the fake Grand Slam? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, fake Grand Slam. I mean, he almost he almost did I mean did a huge one there and he got screwed. So I mean add it that in there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they called it as a home run. That was a total tease. I mean, that was brutal watching. Yeah, that, that was time. rough because they lost that game. And I hundred percent agree with Derek. I have never seen Der- Jaron Duran square up the ball like that ever. Ever. And like so that's rearing he smoked a double off the wall today. Like I'm starting to get really excited about him too. Uh, I'm going to very quickly go because we're doing a 60-minute show, boys. And I'm going to say my guy, Josh Winkowski, all right? 1.93 ERA, whip below one. Uh, He has found his sweet spot in this sort of swing role in the bullpen. Not quite the Cutter Crawford, you have to pitch six and bail out Brian Bayo swing roll, but the you pitch one, you might pitch three kind of spot. 
Um, it's been a good spot for him, and he's looked really strong so far. And nobody gets to comment on that because we're moving on. We're playing Cuddle Mary Trash, okay? It's just like that game that you play um, that's inappropriate. And we're not going to stay on our podcast because people listen to the show while they drive their kids to school, okay? We're gonna, I'm going to give these guys three names. They're going to tell me if they're going to cuddle, marry, or trash them. We're going to do two versions of this game. First, we're going to talk about catchers. We're going to talk a little Reese McGuire because we saw our old pal, this week, Christian Vasquez brought a tear to my eye, and uh, a lot of folks on Red Sox Twitter had a lot to say about the return of the very sturdy Christian Vasquez. So, cuddle Mary Trash, Vasky, Reese McGuire, or Connor Wong, our two guys versus the guy we traded away, Luke, go. I'm going to cuddle Reese McGuire um, because I, I mean, he, like everything Joey just said, he's been a great hitter since the Red Sox got him. Who was expecting that? But he is a catcher and defense has got to come first with a catcher position. So that's why I'm going to marry Connor Wong because he can throw guys out. McGuire was uncompetitive, has been uncompetitive trying to throw guys out. He keeps hitting like this, though. I'm fine giving him some DH reps against righties and letting Wong catch and do the defensive stuff. The Wong's been hitting decently too the last few games. So I got to trash Vasquez because he's like 35 years old and he's a catcher. Catchers age faster than anybody else. You know, so many people loved Vasquez. I liked Vasquez. Uh, you know, he was a valuable player on here, team leader and all that. But, you know, Time marches on, you know, have a Coke and a smile, enjoy retirement with the twins. Eric, um, Wong and McGuire together still only cost about a fifth of what Vasquez cost this year. Cut a merry trash, those three guys. I'm ticked off because Luke took the same order I was going to take. I, I, I'm Eric's right again, Wong. folks. I'm, I'm cuddling Reese McGuire and I'm going to trash Christian, Christian Vasquez. And this isn't, I think Christian Vasquez is bad, but this is more of a, a kind of how I feel about Connor Wong and the potential he could have, because when you start looking at pop time, he's second to JT Romuto. When you look at sprint speed at the catcher spot, um, he's second to JT Romuto. When you look at framing, Romuto's framing isn't great. Uh, Connor Wong's a good framer behind the plate. The only thing Romuto has, obviously, is the bat on him, obviously. I mean, that's why JT Romuto is the best catcher in baseball. But if Connor Wong gets any – I mean, Connor Wong is one of the fastest guys on the team. He's, 80, he's what, 84th percentile in sprint speed. Um, so you start looking at that and go, if Connor Wong just hits, doesn't have to hit anything crazy. If he just hits a little bit, like you got a guy who's valuable defensively and on the base pass when he gets on bases because he can run. Uh, and he can also, too, I've said this – in a pinch, he can play second base or third base. Um, maybe I know he played a little bit of outfield in the Dodger system. I don't think the Red Sox would use him there, but uh, he's somewhat recently played a little bit of second base, I think, uh, in the Red Sox system. So it wouldn't shock me if in a pinch they can use him if they need him. I am, uh, I'm going to trash Derek for saying that JT is the best catcher in baseball when we all know that that's Adley. Uh, Joey, go ahead. Those guy's three got guys. 14 games under his belt in the major <laughs> leagues. <laughs> yeah, and he's already the best. Just wait. Joey, go. For me, uh, wow. I mean, I'm going to have to marry Reese McGuire with all the ramifications that come with it. I, I'm, 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 willing, I'm willing to have him. I can't. I can't uh, not marry the guy who's hitting, you know, 330 uh, as a Red Sox. He's just hitting too well. Uh, I'll 
you know, uh, the cuddling, cuddling portion can go to Connor Wong. Um, he's good defensively. I think that's perfect for a backup catcher. Uh, he's his bat needs to improve. And I still kind of resent him for being part of the Mookie trade. <laughs> and then uh, it's going to have to be trashing Vasquez. He probably is going to be looking at pretty much DHing, I think, or playing first base for the rest of his career. I think uh, maybe he'll play catcher this year fully, but he was really falling off defensively as a catcher last year. And uh He's, you know, like I said, he's almost Luke's age. He's not worth having on the team anymore. Joey, you just married Derek's cousin, Reese McGuire. I just wanted to join the family. I'm not the related same. to Reese McGuire. Last time I even spelled the same. He's willing to testify that he doesn't know Reese McGuire. He's not related <laughs> to Reese McGuire. I was going to say that Joey's going to cuddle Connor Wong because they're about the same size and they'd probably just be good cuddlers together. Okay, Pat. Cuddle Mary Trash for our backup, whatever you want to call these guys. Pat, I have a question. Pat, I have a question. I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. Now. What uh, do you think my height and weight is? I have no idea, Joey. It was just a joke. You've seen me in person. What do you think my height and weight is? 5'7", uh, 125. No. He's 5'10", and he's like a buck 70. Okay, so not a buck 70. I'm about 5'10", 145. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Wow, you do not look 5'10". <laughs> well, All right. Well, anyway. well, Pat's met me. so Yes, and uh, apparently I'm forced to see you on Monday. I mean, we're playing Cuddle Mary Trash with our backup infielders. Christian Arroyo, poor guy. Yu Chang and Emmanuel Valdez, who has been in the conversation this week after his one game in Boston. Um we're going to go quick. Joey, I know that you're like upset at Yu Chang because his wife had a baby yesterday. <laughs> Which is I'm like a selfish bad It's like a bad thing, apparently. Joey's uh, argument is they should plan ahead so the baby is due in the off season, not in season. I think he just thought he was already going to be cut by now, so it wasn't going to be a problem. All right, Joey, go ahead. Um. Yeah, Yung Chang, not a big fan of him as a player at all, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe I mean, listen, if, if you're trying to make the starting roster, maybe don't take all those off days for paternity leave. Uh, <laughs> that day, that one day he took when his Yeah, he took away, he listened to me. We talked about this. Me, Pat, and Pat said this. Like he, he listened to my advice. Taking the whole three days was a little absurd and ridiculous. And he came after one, you know, he came after one off game. And I think that's respectable, you know, Cal Ripken. How many, how many games did Cal Ripken take off from when his children were born? What about Lou Gehrig? Okay. Joey doesn't get to do the whole bit. Luke, cut all very trash. Those three guys go. You Chang, you Chang, you Chang, cuddle you Chang. He, he does have a, a pretty good bat. He doesn't have a great bat, but, you know, for a guy who's going to bat, who's going to play shortstop bat at the bottom of the order, it's pretty good. I mean, he, he had a laser beam out of, out of Fenway Park today. Um, you know, he, he is capable. You did really well in the WBC. You know, he, he's got a good Big enough tournament. bat. He's got a good enough bat to play shortstop and be in the starting lineup, uh, you know, while Trevor Story's recovering. Uh, I, but I'm going to marry Emmanuel Valdez. He, you know, controversial, controversial signing. Well, trade uh, partner. He was in the um, he was in the Vasquez trade, right, from the Astros. Yes, that's why we're talking Abreu. about him. Yes. 
he's um you know he only played one game two hits in that one game against joe ryan so he, he can't catch he can't play the field at all but yeah i could see him being a part of this a part of this team you know give him more reps in the minors learn his defense a little more or DHing if Devers keeps playing third base the way he has this season. Uh, Cause he's got a, he's got a really good bat and I think he's going to be a really good offensive player in the major leagues. Just got to find somewhere to put him somewhere in the field. If you can't DH him uh, and trash Arroyo Arroyo has just looked awful. I, I, I've got, I'm well-documented with my, you know, my love of Christian Arroyo. I love the energy he brings to the field stuff. The guy can't stay healthy. There's always something wrong with him. So put him on the trash heap. Uh, Derek, I've heard that you're in the Yu Chang clan. Is this true? I am, but I'm going to, I might go against that here. Um, I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna marry in many old Valdez. Oh, Derek Bastard, inspected deck. You go. I, 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 I've been uh, like I, I, I've been excited about Valdez ever since Red Sox traded for him, and he's a guy. Yes, another lefty, but like at the end of the day, it's. I I feel like he has a very bright future. Obviously, he could hit. The defense is a question mark, um, but. You're at second base. It's not the end of the world if you're just a league average second baseman. I think that's where they want him to get to. He's not there yet. Um, I do think that maybe Verdugo could have called him off on that pop up. Um, and then the one uh, that was originally called an error that was taken off as an error. I don't think that was an error. I just think he got the ball, knocked it down, just couldn't make the play. It would be a rough play and a tough play, anyways. So I'm gonna I'm gonna marry him. I'm gonna go to my track. I'm gonna trash you, Chang. And then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna cuddle. You guys gonna this. I'm gonna cuddle two players. I'm gonna do a slash. Adalberto honestly slashed David Hamilton. He's great because neither of them are options in the game. They are my options, okay? And I believe I I think Adalberto Monesi brings that speed effect, and I love it. And I think David Hamilton is gonna take the roster spot that Adalberto Monesi will have later this year. I think David Hamilton will take that roster spot next year as a speed guy, middle infield, a speed middle infield guy. Um, either off the off the bench, you can play a little bit, um, and I think that's he's going to be very dynamic, especially with his ability to steal bases, and especially with the big bases and the pitch clock. Stole seventy bases last year. Mondesi might play only play thirty games this year, but he might steal fifty bases in those thirty games. Derek, uh, so you I'm can't gonna... sneak another segment. Yes, I can into the show under the guise of it being in one of the segments of the show. Listen, I have to appeal to Pat here, Pat the producer, <laughs> our, our beloved producer. <laughs> I think Derek needs to be on timeout from the prospect out the prospect <laughs> 60, 60 seconds for a while. Hey, I, I said Adalberto Mondesi slash. Two episodes, no prospects. I'll give he's him a, he's he's knocked out from 60 seconds tonight to 45 seconds. That's and also what it's other, normally 90 seconds, anyways. No, no, I told you it's going down to 60. You you you've been doing it so fast that you can do it in 60 anyway. All right, I'm gonna go quickly. Uh, I'm gonna trash Yu Chang. I like the guy just fine. I got nothing against him. However, he is DFA'd as soon as you know somebody comes back. Um, he's supposed to be temporary. Uh, Joey, he and his wife planned to have this baby because they thought he wasn't going to be playing by now anyway. You know, um, so it, it's coming soon. Nothing against him, but I don't really think that I'll miss him. I'm gonna cuddle. Uh, oh God, I hate this. I'm gonna cuddle Christian Arroyo. I I think he's got so much potential. I like, I like him a lot. That. He he just. God, he is the Kawhi Leonard of baseball. He just 
is not he's just not a healthy person he's just not and it's a tough trait to have as a professional athlete um and then i'm going to marry emmanuel valdez except for the fact that he is god awful at any position they put him at i mean they are just begging for him to learn second base just beg please just be fine at second base and he can't even do that he's he's terrible um i don't know why there's no i know we have causes but i don't know why there's been no like first base dh conversation for him i guess because he we have causes um i don't know but he just could not play the field worth a lick um which it makes it um a strained marriage luke very quickly because we got to move i say if casas doesn't turn it around in the next month or so give him time but if he doesn't turn around in the next month or so you send casas down to work on it you make Valdez the new everyday DH. You put Justin Turner at first base. Spice? No, no, no. no. no I, I, I need Cassis' defense at first base. After the Bobby Dahlberg Frenchy Cordero, Kyle Shore were at first base. <laughs> Lord help me. I need some defense at first base. No, Turner's not going to be terrible. What I care about base. is if we live in a sick, twisted world where 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 Dalbeck gets a longer leash than Cassis before he's sent down, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. We gave Dalbeck like two seasons basically before we sent him back down. I I, I can't have us send down Cassis in in three months. That's For the record, I don't want to move on from Cassis. I don't. Cassis, Cassis, no matter what, needs to. We're not going to probably win anything this year, especially if Cassis isn't performing. So not with that attitude, not, we won't. If he's not, if he's not perform, if he's not performing, we're probably not going anywhere. So at that point, he should just stay on the roster, let him play, get his reps in. We gave that same, we gave that same thing to Dahlbeck. Cassis, we owe that to to let him develop and learn and learn how to play. Hopefully, he starts hitting better. Um, he's just got to get his average up. I mean, he 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 has a terrible batting average, which I know Derek doesn't care about, which is why Derek wants him on the team still, but. He needs to get his batting average up. Maybe stop worrying about hitting so many home runs. And hopefully Cassis will adjust maybe by June. And it is time for From Farm to Fenway presents Derek's Minor Leaguer of the Week, which has become 60 seconds, which because of his penalty tonight is 45 seconds. (laughs) Derek, you have 45 uninterrupted seconds. Joey, uninterrupted seconds to say whatever you want. Derek, go. It's Casas, not Casas. I would love to give this to David Hamilton, but I can't just because Shane Johan has been out absolutely amazing this year. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, he's made three starts this year. He's gone 17 innings, only given up one run. He's just been he's been stellar so far in double A. And for guys 24 and coming into this year, it is a big year for him because you know, once you start getting 25, 26 in the minor leagues, like you're starting to run out of time for Johan to show up this year, add velo to his fastball. It jumps up about three, four miles per hour. Also add a cutter that looks very good to his pitch mix. Now he's got four pitches he can go to. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if you see in the next, after a month or after another month or so, like another five, six weeks, whatever, you might see him join that AAA rotation, which is going to be absolutely stacked. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a big going to be a big piece for us, especially if he – continues to look how good he has with the added velo and the added cutter to his arsenal. Just in time, Derek, you have three seconds left. Thank you very much. That has been this week's From Farm to Family Presents Derek's Minor Leaguer of the Week. It is now time for the Tweet of the Week, where I get to pick my favorite Tweet of the Week. And read it to these guys. This week's Tweet of the Week comes from Tristan Casas Enjoyer at Casas Goat, who says, Red Sox fans 
should be entitled to financial compensation for having to watch Ryan Brazier pitch. This has been a very optimistic episode tonight. It's been a lot of fun. I've liked being optimistic about the Red Sox. Ryan Brazier has a 6.97 ERA and in a blowout yesterday spooked me that I thought it was going to go south. I am tired of watching this guy. Anybody else? Yeah, nobody's not tired of watching him. I just, I think he's the, he's the, he's the one to go. What in a perfect world, everybody gets healthy. Chris Martin comes back. Brian Bayo is pitching. James Paxton comes back, can be a lefty in the bullpen, which I'm hoping is what he's going to he be doing. He got up though in Worcester. Yeah, his first time ever as a reliever. But, it, you know, Brazier's the guy you cut, and he's only making $2 million a year. It's not even much of a, of a, you know, salary eating issue so yeah he's just you know he's on the green mile right now he is (laughs) he is about to dangle from the hangman's news it's uh i think it's brazier on the pitching side and chang on the uh offensive side i disagree about chang though i think they love chang who goes before chang that's the problem nobody who who goes before chang is the 40th man on this roster unfortunately and i think he's been designed that way uh all right we're going to play uh, the final game that we play every week, which is the Actionary. We all miss Eck. We all miss his goofiness in the booth. Uh, and every week we play the Actionary where we read some t- uh, some tweets gathered by at Actionary on Twitter. I'm going to give these guys three, see who can come out the champion. Okay, Derek is currently undefeated. We've played the Actionary twice. He has won both of them. Luke and Joey, of course, it's zero wins apiece, but it's anybody's game tonight. All right. Once but again, I think Derek is disqualified, should be sent to the locker room by, <laughs> by the referee. He, he gouged the eyes a, a few too many times. He used the ropes for leverage. I'm, I'm, all right. All right. I'm doing some last minute studying here. I've been thinking about Brazier. I've been studying today. There's Brazier voodoo going on. You know, there's Brazier voodoo going on. I, don't get rid of them. I'm afraid of the consequences. All right. We have to finish <laughs> in the next three minutes to make it a 60-minute show. So here we go. First person to get it right. Okay. You get one guess. You goof your guess. It's over. Okay. First one. Isn't that cute? Little SpongeBob piece. I got it. Christian Vasquez cleats. I saw this tweet earlier today. Oh. <laughs> Derek. I Man, told I you I studied for this. I thought, you, I thought he has to wait until you finish. I never said the, that. The, Nobody the, said it's Jeopardy rules here. I thought it was Jeopardy. Luke, didn't you think it was Jeopardy rules? I thought it was Jeopardy rules. I think it was Jeopardy rules, but I didn't think you just, oh, you just, you just, cr- you just cr- do a cram session of the actionary and don't give anybody else a chance. <laughs> I knew to there was going to be a Christian Vasquez. You could do one, the same. So I literally thing. Yeah. looked it Derek up. Derek has picked today up that, like, I under look up Christian Vasquez. I like, have too much pride to do the same thing. I like, I look up who we've played that week, you know, and like who's been the story of the week. Okay. So Derek has one point. If he gets this one, he wins tonight, folks. All right. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> he's been stroking it for probably a couple months now. This is Christian Vasquez getting a hit off of who? So Vaz playing for the Red Sox. Who do, who was he stroking it off of last year? Kevin Gosman. I saw this too earlier today. I'm sad. I don't remember it. Any other guesses? Hold on. Uh, uh, might as well guess. Derek, you go first. Age before beauty. 
Shohei Otani. Joey? I don't know. Um, I forget his name. Who's that guy that Minnesota traded to the Blue Jays? Who's that guy? Kikuchi? No. Um, no, the other guy. The one oh, Bar- Barrios. Barrios. Jose Barrios. Eh. Correct answer, Corey Kluber. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I remember seeing that earlier. Yep, I remember that. I think that was the grenade hit that almost hit him in the that. foot, and he just like kind of fought it off and blooped it into the outfield to break up a no hitter. I think it was, I think it was something like that. Damn it, Derek! Pat, you got to reach way back into the Actionary archives next time, dude. If you search a keyword, you can you ruin the game. I still keys. don't know what the first one was. The first I one, the first reading it. <laughs> you can reread that one. Vasquez had yellow cleats on and he called it a little SpongeBob piece. Maybe we should just move on to general Red Sox <laughs> trivia because uh, this no, this keep with the extra but now Derek has ruined the game, so we need to we need to have Jeopardy rules. He, hey, he, I can read I can read I can do the next week. I'll find some actionary tweets. No, you ruined fantasy baseball. You, you're a you're a loophole rules of fantasy baseball. You oh, okay, guys? By the way, we still have one left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Like the good. Cape, it's over. Okay. We're doing three every week. So, so okay? from now on, he has to read the entire question. All right, the entire Jeopardy thing. rules. Okay, here it is. I wish I had blank in my pocket. That blank is a person. Who is that person? I wish I had blank in my pocket. Silence is always good for podcasts. Pokey. <laughs> Pokey. Re- um, I'll go last, but I have a wild guess. No, Derek, go before me. <laughs> no, no. I want to hear your I think wild I might guess. Have you each have five seconds. I feel like I might have it because I feel like this could be somewhat a reference towards cards in his pocket. And whenever X in the Two, book, he always called that Masterson and the stats on the card. So I'm going Alex Spear. It's Alex You know what's wild? I saw a tweet about cards in, in the pocket uh, earlier today when I, I was doing some research. It had anything to do with that. I think you just got it for another reason. It was just a cool <laughs> stat flashed on the screen, and he said, I wish I had Alex in my pocket. Once again, folks, Derek, your undefeated actionary yeah. <laughs> champion. Did you ever see the documentary about the guy who went on Press Your Luck? Yes. And he spent months researching the pattern that it went on. So every time he hit the button, it landed on big bucks. He got 5,000 in a spin every single, every single spin. That's, that's Derek. He he cheated the game. That's not cheating. I am stunned. You can study if you want to. I am disgusted. That Pat would, to be fair, if you go to the Pat, Pat would feed and you type in and you search Vasquez, the first tweet that comes up is about his, his yellow cleats. Yeah, like player? Did you say player in his pocket? No, I said person. I said person. Yeah, he said person. All right, folks. That's been fun. It's our Red Sox show of the week uh, this week. Uh, facing the Brewers, then the Orioles until the next time we all meet together. Joey and I have to hang out, I guess. Um, so yeah. I'll see him before I see you all again. Um, go back to your house and play Monopoly after. 
No. Um, I got work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Monday night game. Um, anyway. Wait, are you a thimble guy? Uh, no, I was a I was a car guy, right? The, the little car thingy. That, Me that's too. What I- uh that's all we got folks you're gonna hear all the places that you can uh listen to us uh at the end of this show thanks for being with us rate us five stars leave us a nice review always a fun show talking with these guys and i'm already looking forward to next week so for everybody else for luke for derek for joey my name's pat thanks for joining us folks and we will see you next time all right folks that's the latest episode of bleacher brawls thanks for tuning in for rating us five stars and leaving us a nice review And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.